Hello. You are listening to Research and Innovation Podcast. I am Dr. Surendra Banerjee, Associate Professor of Marketing at Leeds University Business School, and today I am joined by Gareth Turner, Head of Brand at Vitabix. Thanks for joining us, Gareth. No problem. It's great to be here. In today's show, uh, we are going to be talking about how consumers engage with brands on social media. Weetabix recently had a lot of success with their tweet, Why should bread have all the fun when there's Weetabix? Serving up Heinz UK beans on Bix for breakfast with a twist. And both brand slogans, it has to be Heinz and have you had your Weetabix? The photo showed a plate with two Weetabix on covered in Heinz baked beans. So this particular tweet garnered 106.6K retweets, 134.2K likes, and 22.1K replies. So let's hear from Gareth what he has to say about this viral tweet. Thanks, I'll give you some more numbers. Uh, we had that tweet alone on the 9th of February had 1.25 billion impressions, 309 million reach, 6 million engagements with over 600 other brands and uh, over 1,200 media mentions. Uh, the media value of that tweet and everything the PR we gained in that was well over £2 million. So you could say it was a fairly wow. successful uh, day at the office for us, uh, but it was a long time. It's, a, it's a, just one part, of, um, one part of what we do. It's... Uh, uh, it's just one execution in a long-standing uh, strategy and activation uh, activation plan. So, really, it was just one part of a well-established strategy. We 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 often get we get wow. asked. I think there there are three questions we get asked about that tweet um, without putting words in your mouth. But the three questions we get are: Who had that idea? Were you scared? And how did it happen? They were the, they, people want to know that the background. To it, so let's say that how who had the idea was part of a part of a long established strategy, and that the the, the brand is part of British culture. Uh, it's incredibly well recognised. We've got what ninety six percent prompted awareness, but it's not necessarily top of mind for people or salient enough for people um, when they're going into stores. So we have to improve. We had to improve our mental availability. So we changed um, back in the summer of 2020, we changed our, our media planning a little bit. And so not only could we go on traditional media with more weeks on air, et cetera, but we supercharged our social media to be a bit more targeted, be a bit more relevant and get a bit more cut through. Um, and so you combine that with uh, the recipe inspiration work we've done for some time now. Uh, so we have a thing called a strangle any which way of it, any which way of it, which is on uh, is a TV strand. We did uh, recipe book activation. Uh, we talked once about a breaded chicken recipe, uh, which seemed to get a lot of traction in the national press. We put all that together. We thought, hang on, there's something worth exploring here. So we, we developed a few of these. We had Marmite, we had um, Innocent, we had uh, Cathedral City cheese, and we had, we had Heinz beans. Um, and we engaged with these guys. We spoke to them. And uh, and made it happen. So yeah, that's uh, 
in a nutshell, kind of how this thing is just one moment in a in a campaign um, strand of our communication that's been going on since well, we get on for, for a few years now, but we rebooted it in uh, in summer 2020, and we've had some. I mean, that that was an amazing result. We've had some incredible results, um, more wider than more widely than uh, than just uh, a very famous or infamous tweet. So uh, you said three three questions. So first is who who came up with it? So I got that. And so the, the other three questions were were, were, uh, were you scared, and how did it happen? So were we scared? The truth is not really. Um, the truth is that we've been working to create a culture at Weetabix and the Weetabix marketing team, which promotes bravery, which allows people to be autonomous, which allows people to be entrepreneurial uh, and to create some freedom to try some stuff to test and learn. And because, I mean, this was a little bit out there, Let's be let's be honest about that, um, but it was it was pushing the boundaries of a strategy that exists already. So we would talk about recipes a lot. We we found that some slightly more provocative recipes seemed to get a lot more traction, uh, and we did them. We've done them before. So it wasn't the first time. The beans one wasn't the first one we've done. It seems to have got the most interest. So the reality is felt relatively safe. I think there's a there's something interesting about encouraging brave work in your team by making the brave work feel less brave or making it feel just normal. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's the, the bravery. Um, and how do we make it happen? You, you prep as part of the strategy. You um, engage with the other brands. Uh, so Heinz, uh, in this example, we had spoken to Heinz. Is it okay to work with you on this, to, to tweet with you? Um, will you will you get involved? Yes, we will. Uh, and we'd spoken to other brands as well, and we'd prepared our responses. We'd prepared our um, the, the, the framework, the boundaries for some slightly more agile responses as well. And we empowered the team to to go and deploy it. So it says. Uh, it's as simple and as boring as that in the in the background. So, so you have a really empowered uh, marketing team where a lot of what the power has been relinquished to these people who kind of make these tweaks. Yeah, I think we Is that we have a fair summary. Yeah, we have. I have my marketing team uh, around me. I have my my brand team, and we have an agency uh, roster uh, who who help us there so we've got this um a brave culture we've got this freedom within a framework we've got great brand understanding uh from my team and and our external agencies um and we know the things we need to do to uh to bring people into the brand so we know the sort of things we want to talk about the sort of um messaging we want to put out there to try and grow our, our relevance um, we have a, a strong engagement plan with key stakeholders so I think you have to whether that's Heinz or whether that's our legal team or that's me or agencies you have to um, engage proactively engage with them and I think you have to assume good intent 
you have to, no one's coming to work deliberately to, to, to mess things up or to, to do things wrong. People are coming in because they want to do great work. They want great stuff on their CV. They want stuff to be proud of. And you do yeah. that by, by creating the environment and, um, and, and allowing that and encouraging that. And that's, I yeah, think that's what great. we do pretty well at Weetabix. Yeah, great. Uh, so one more thing. It seems wit plays a great role in your messaging. You know, you have a series of, you know, quite a few of your tweets are very witty. Is that thought through? Yeah, um, it's, it's kind of you to say. I think that's what we what we set out to try and achieve. Um, I I have a, a bit of a, a thing where I think that social media is just, or digital, is just another channel. It's not a strategy in itself, it's a tactic. It's a channel to deliver a strategy. So our strategy is that we want to deliver uh, consistent uh, on-brand posts or TV ads or packaging or in-store media or, or yada, 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 whatever it is. So social media, I think we have to view as just another media channel. My job and the brand's job is to make sure that we're being ruthlessly consistent, whether we're on social media or um, or our packaging. And the Weetabix tone of voice is a tone of voice that has a gentle, wry, British humour to it. So yeah, it absolutely was deliberate that it's in our social media posts, but it's also deliberate in our TV ads and, and everywhere else. It's really important to be consistent, as I say, across all channels so that it helps to build that mental availability when people recognise a tone of voice, or they recognise a colourway, or they recognise um, they recognise a, a, a music or a jingle or a logo, or whatever it might be. Yeah. So, does your marketing team uh, uh, come up uh, have a strategy to come up with well-timed posts? Yeah. So, we we do plan our content characters out as much as possible. We engage with people like Marcus Rashford or or Heinz. Uh, to understand what they're planning, understand um, their thinking, to, to share our plans. And, um, and we work with them to look for news events. We, we plan it out where we might be able to do something interesting. That, that Heinz tweet, for example, was um, just something we wanted to do. And so we approached them and we did it. Now, we, we were able to plan that. We were able to plan our responses. We were able to engage with other brands to make sure that we appeared to be super agile. But I think the joy of that, of that moment on the, on the 9th of February was the other brands' responses, the pylon that, that they had at that moment. That's what made it go viral. And you have to um, admire retailers like Aldi and uh, Sainsbury's especially who were super quick to make that, make that their comment relevant funny they didn't have to go through hoops of approval i'm uh, i'm sure and one has to feel sorry for the, the brand managers who are sitting there a week later still waiting for approval from their regulatory teams the moment they're gone and they weren't able to to pile on uh, in the way that the more agile and perhaps slightly more social media savvy uh, brands have been able to do so uh, one more point regarding this impact that you had. So apart from uh, the impressions and the other media impact, was there an impact on sales? Did it actually improve sales? Um, 
I think difficult to say. Uh, Sainsbury's definitely reported some immediate uplifts. I saw that in, in the trade press. But the reality is, I don't think you expect to see immediate uplifts. We wouldn't expect to see immediate uplifts with a TV ad, for example. We have a longer term um, approach to return on investment. So we measure the effectiveness of our media strategy in months and years rather than days and weeks. And as I said, this, this tweet was only a part of the, of the wider plan. So it's tough to attribute anything directly to this, this one element of that broader plan. But it, to, to give you some numbers, since we rebooted our strategy in the summer of 2020, um, our, um, our sales value has grown by 9%. Our penetration has grown by 2%. Our spontaneous awareness has grown by 15%. Our um, likelihood to purchase and purchase intent has grown by a quarter, by 24%. So there are our lead measures are very strong right now. Uh, in the fullness of time, we'll see whether whether that uh, converts into, into more sales. But I'd say the early signs are, are pretty positive right now. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Those numbers are very good. So thanks, Garrett, for uh, sharing your views on this uh, viral tweet. No problem. It's, it's been great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. It's always, uh, always nice for a, a marketeer to be invited to, uh, to talk about their work. So thank you. Thank you for that. And it's, it's great. I've, I've, I've presented at, uh, at, at your place, uh, at the business school, for uh, a few times in the past. And I'm keen to hear more from, uh, from students there so students can get hold of me or anyone can get hold of me if they want to find out more about what we do. You just have to search me on uh, on LinkedIn, Gareth Turner, and Weetabix, and you'll, you'll find me somehow. Thanks. Uh, we hope our listeners enjoyed the show. Uh, if you are interested in finding out more about Leeds University Business School research on this topic of social media engagement, uh, our contact details are in the show notes below. <laughs>